Carnival personnel was recorded in the dank, moldy basement. Joe and Jacques, it's Carnival personnel. Joe and Jacques, to their wives this show is their personal hell. Well, the show sounds the same every single week. Pats are great, Trump is lame, and Joe barely speaks. Who you think still listening? Who you think still listening? Besides Jim and Biff, yeah. And don't forget Richard. Here's a random review. No one cares about you two, Joe and Jacques. Joe and Jacques, Joe and Jacques, Joe and Jacques. Hey, Joe. How many Sith Lords does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, it's got to be a number that's funny. Uh, none. They prefer the dark side. See? See? Uh, hey, Joe. How do Wookiees like their steak? Uh, let's see. How do Wookiees like their steak? God damn it. You know what? I can't predict these fucking punchlines. You know, Chewy. Chewy. <laughs> You'll get the, You know what? We're going for a trifecta. I'm throwing a third show. No, I'm throwing a third one. You'll get this. If R2 is short for R2-D2 and Chewy is short for Chewbacca, what is Luke short for? What? A stormtrooper. Hi oh. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> oh, I guarantee three people listening got this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I am Jacques. I'm Joe. And uh Biff is not only on the DL for F and H, he's on the DL for CP because he's uh he's 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 a tapping under the weather uh, or he's wising up and he's just conveniently not available ever so we're gonna go pretty much the whole month of july without talking to him maybe like the last one of the month because we got a couple sideshows recorded but uh anyways thoughts and prayers for our good friend biff who i will be seeing in a few weeks um i booked my la trip I was waiting to get some uh, some dates on the books, uh, as they say, <laughs> and I'm doing at least two showcases while I'm in L.A. You know, uh, you know, well, got you're going to win both showcases like on the price. <laughs> right. I, I got to be within one hundred dollars. Yes, that, that's that's the deal. Uh, is it one hundred dollars between the two of the showcases or no, it's whatever if you bid within. One, your showcase because all you can control is your bid. Your, right. So okay. if you are within, actually now I think it's five hundred because the prizes are so you know extravagant and thanks to Biden's inflation. The <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? It's it's really Obama's fault. It's that tan yeah, suit. I yeah. mean, literally, literally. When will we get over the tan suit that will haunt us for generations? When will you get over the tan suit? Because you seem to be the only one bringing it up. 
every chance I get, <laughs> you know. Um, but seriously, I, I'm so excited because our friend Sally got me a couple shows out in L.A. Uh, one at a place called uh, Tao Comedy, T-A-O. Tao. Uh, on, uh, on the 29th that people can zoom in for. And then at the Dragonfly, which I've talked about a little bit before on the podcast, how getting back into stand-up and now going to places like the Middle East Cafe and the Midway Cafe, places that my band played all through like the 90s and the early 2000s, now being back there to do comedy is is kind of a surreal experience. And the Dragonfly is another place that, you know, uh, Dan and I have played a number of times in L.A. And now I will be back there for the first time for this. I'm so excited. Uh, I did have to turn down a couple shows at the end of August, which absolutely gutted me like a fish for somebody to say oh yeah 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 this is friday night showcase at the comedy store and there's this thing and at the ice house you know the ice house in pasadena uh pop-up stand yeah yeah, it's a a new little that you know i don't know if they make it let's uh, you know but um but yeah because i have to be back because management will be in chicago the uh the start of the school year so i can't send the little guy back uh and get on the bus himself so but you know i i heard it's just a rumor that uh planes will continue to fly to los angeles after september so i will go back out in october november they said that on september 10th 2001 by the way <laughs> they did there are some <laughs> who hurt you Joe? I mean, everyone uh, yeah that's true including myself uh, hey, before I get back into the the uh, comedy update, because I know everybody's hanging on, uh, you know, anticipation on the edge of their seat, waiting to hear what I'm up to. But want to give a shout out to last week's podcast guest, uh, Extina and Nick. Uh, they were a lot of fun. They are seriously two of the funniest people I get to see in this uh, this midlife crisis of stand up I'm doing. It was great to have them on. Literally, they are very funny and just really great people um and i don't know who next week's guest is because i recorded one guest (laughs) with with mike uh, controbis who is a a very 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 well known for a very long time headline comic you know in new england and he also is probably one of the two three biggest you know um comedy producers like I, I don't think i've been to a show with former guests like jim colton or steve you know bjork that wasn't produced by mike <laughs> so uh he we had just the best talk about comedy and being dads which are my two favorite things to talk about um, now that sports don't exist <laughs> you know i, I forgot God. for a few years that i had kids you know when, when super bowls were taking up my time uh but yeah so uh, and and then after after this little chat fest with Joe, we're scheduled to talk with Dante, the comic, who is somebody I've personally been a huge fan of, both his comedy and his social justice work. So I'm not sure which one will drop next week, but one of those will drop, and maybe we'll skip a week doing this and go back to back with that. But anyway, um, Joe has been helping me prep for a roast battle that last week's guest Extina and Nick are putting on at one of the places I I I probably hit the place two or three times a month the safe um I wrote a bunch of stuff I've been paired off against somebody who 
I'll say it. I'm not really that much of a fan of his comedy or him as a person. Um, and that's why when they asked me to do it, I didn't really feel comfortable doing it because everybody else doing this is pair it with a roommate, you know, pair it with a best friend. Um, yeah, you got Chevy Chase, you know. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's true because it's like, we, we, you know, uh, Paul Borat, who's been on the podcast, one of my favorite comics, his best friend uh, and roommate, like Nick Han, who Joe has seen because we've, we've done the Luna Theater together. Uh, they're best friends. They're funny people. They're roasting each other. And that's going to be fun. If, if it was you and me roasting each other or, or, or you know, Biff and I or, You're basically you know, like the two fat kids in gym class that got paired and like, you know, uh, you're on his team. You know, oh, crap. <laughs> We're both unathletic and, you know. We're stuck with each other. We'll, we'll just we'll cancel each other out and dodgeball real quick. <laughs> real quick. Turn around, dummy. You're not supposed to face the wall. <laughs> not all the way around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brings back memories. Being picked last. Or never. Or never. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just have odd teams this time. Never mind, Joe. You sit down. <laughs> But the teams won't be even. Yeah, they'll be even, but this team will still be, you know, even as subjective. But it, it's funny. So by the time this podcast airs, uh, so we're recording on Saturday. The roast battle is tomorrow. So this will air on Monday. So it will be funny when we chat again in a few weeks to to see how wrong I was with my predictions. Here's here's something that that's been going on a, a few people are like oh for tones really gunning he's so excited he's he's going to be making fun of your kids and this stuff which first of all i kind of thought kids were off limits with the kind of stuff like this and but honestly i might be the only one thinking of who's yeah i'm the only person in the 10 people roasting who has kids so you know so that they uh, know of thank you and then but here's the big thing it's like it's not I, I I talked to Nick the other day and I thanked him so much for including me. It, you know, I just want to be invited, you know, as as you as you remember, because I made you about a month ago, two months ago, which Butch Cassie, the Sundance kid, just just ask us to stay and we'll leave. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so it is very flattering and honored to be asked. But I'm not that competitive anymore i used to be before i had kids i was too competitive like fist fights over monopoly competitive you know if biff was on this podcast i mean he has been a goalie i've played against in tournaments i played with in tournaments where i used to be that guy you know when i first met biff in my late 20s who would get in fist fights on a regular basis over pickup games at like one o'clock in the morning in Burbank. <laughs> like, what are you doing, you cement head? I took so many things too serious. Now, uh, the 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 list of things I give a fuck about dinner <laughs> uh, uh, than the book of Jewish sports legends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they've added a second page since. They, that they have right, right now. You know what, dude? It's not just Sandy Koufax anymore. <laughs> no, you got your Julian Edelman's now, baby. Yep. Uh, and so, so I told him, it's like, yeah, you know, and and, and the, this is what I told Nick. I'm like, dude, I'm preparing. I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's fun. I said, I'm a little leery because it's fun when you're roasting somebody you like and it's all good natured. It's not that I don't like him. I'm just kind of ambivalent, but I know he hates me. 
you know, which delights me to no end. <laughs> like I, I, you know, oh, wait, somebody I'm not really a fan of doesn't like me. Well, good thing there's no sharp knives around, but I don't want things to escalate or get stupid. And, you know, and, and as I'm saying, I don't want things to escalate and get stupid. Joe knows me well enough to know I do want things to escalate and get stupid. I do want, you know, uh, somebody any excuse, and, any excuse, you know, and that's, that's the number one rule that, you know, I've had training the boys their whole life. It's like, you guys are trained. You can never throw a first punch under any circumstances. Are you allowed to throw a first punch? Fire you know, only when fired upon. Right. It, you know, and it's stupid to say, but it's, for legal reasons, you know what I mean? And every time, you know, since I've been in my late teens or 20s and I think I'm going to throw down, I, I, nobody even, it's, I can't tell you how many times I've been in situations where, you know, like my guitarist, you know, Dan has noticed like afterwards, it's like, well, what happened to your shoes? Because like, if you're in a fight with shoes, you know, it's called a sod, S-O-O-T, foot. And, you know, it's it, – so if, if you kick somebody without shoes on, uh, yeah, you're, you're just a street fight. It's considered a weapon if you have shoes on. So, ah. uh, yeah. <laughs> so the fact that I know these things <laughs> – That's – you're giving away your parenting tip early because <laughs> – But seriously, it's like – and 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 when you you know you know you're afraid to get sucker punched. It's like no, it's because I even in hockey I was always that guy who was a little fuzzy until I got rocked. You know the first time you get checked, it's like okay that it's time to get out of bed and start playing now. But anyways, I'm, I am looking forward to it. now. Let's getting back to the funny part. I wrote a bunch of stuff. I thought it was pretty good. I put it in the my personal GBT. AI generator. I, I I call it Joe, who uh, chat J O E. <laughs> and I'm reading it back, and so I guess I get seven seven jokes. Uh, I think Joe came back with twelve, <laughs> and, and now it's a uh, embarrassment of riches. But I've just been going down, you know, and it is. There's a couple you threw in there that you know were not on my radar, and then there's a couple that. I thought we're pretty good. You know, you reworked your magic. And I'm like, this is, this is much funnier. This is much better. And now, now if I can take the marbles out of my mouth and remember, <laughs> don't know? be afraid to use the phone. I mean, you don't honestly, like every on these roast battles, you know, they go up with notes because they're constantly changing what they have to say based on previous material. So if somebody says a similar line that the, what they were going to use in their roast battle, they're crossing stuff out and writing new stuff down. So that's not unheard of in the comedy world. I mean, I, I don't think everybody's going to be off book at the lo <clears throat> safe and lull tomorrow. No, no, it was just fine. I, you know, uh, so, so he, because it's going to have already happened, should we talk about some of the material uh, uh, we're planning on me throwing out? I guess, but I also I want to warn you. You might want to post or edit this and upload it before you go there tomorrow night because um, you might not come back, depending on <laughs> uh, depending on the condition of uh, the opponent. Well, you know what? That yeah, yeah. I, are you? I might be doing a couple days in the Gray Bar Hotel <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. You know. Um... Yeah, no, it, it's it's uh, you know, what, what's that old saying that you know, you know, you, 
well, I was going to say your dad would say it to you. Your dad didn't say this to you. And my dad would have said it to me, but he wasn't around. But the old saying, it's like, hey, dad, (laughs) hey, dad, a good dad would say, uh, you know, hey, when you go out this weekend, uh, oh, well, I'm trying to think that you're lying, George, you're lying. Uh, Fix this in post. Don't don't add to the population. Don't take away from the population. Don't wind up and the newspaper, the news, or jail. And if you do wind up in jail, establish dominance instantly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty verbose. I mean, that's a wordy parenting tip if I ever heard one. Well, you know what? You just described what should have been told to me 94 to plus say 2000. And when was my son born? Seven. <laughs> I don't remember hearing that on Mr. Rogers is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. No. Uh, so anyway, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the material. Uh, you know, my, 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 my thought was when everyone's saying they're going to make fun of the kids, and again, I don't know what jokes I'm going to use, but I thought, okay, I'm going to maybe go in with the eight-mile approach and maybe shit on myself a bit. You know, even maybe more than he would, or maybe take away like some of the. So that was my thought. Shit and on the, yourself, and then maybe shit on your kids. Was that also part of? Yeah. The oh, yeah. That, that means it, it, more than more than three people have told me that that's what he's planning on doing. All right. Which means he's putting a lot more thought <laughs> into this. So I heard that, and I came home and. Whew, I watched the Born trilogy again. <laughs> mm. I, I I did. I like like last week, but no. And, and so, so I had this. I, I, I'm going to wear a suit, which I think will surprise most people. And and, and it's a including it's, your tailor. Hi oh. It's a prop gag. It's 100 percent part of a joke because you know both he and I are probably the worst dressed people in there. And uh, and and I originally had the joke. It's like I look like this because. I don't give a shit, and he looks like this because he really gives a shit. Like, I just naturally have the I'm old and I've given up look. I'm rocking the mass and cast look. <laughs> That's a very local Boston homeless, unhoused problem uh, that we're having here. You know, um, they'll get it. They'll love it. You'll love it. <laughs> but he, uh, but he's one of those guys. He spends so much time making sure his hair pops out of his hat in just this way it's like dude it's so pathetic how hard he works to look that shitty and so i thought okay and and look it's 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 a joke that i've always used on myself every time i say oh i I keep one suit on hand in case the phrase will the defendant please rise but i'm turning it around saying uh i'm wearing this suit that i keep on hand well uh joe punched it up but i usually shop at the man-child section of Target, which is true, and, but I keep one suit on hand in case I have to go to the funeral, like the one we're having for Fatone. Fatone keeps one suit on hand in case the phrase, will the defendant please rise? So I, I think you workshop that quite well. Uh, you know, I've already bored myself talking about this. So, <laughs> so, so, but for the Rose Battle, um, the other thing, this past week, I got to host for the first time. Yeah, nice. Uh, game show or oh, kids show? What was it? Dude, dude, I it's when I got to Qatar and was playing hockey and the league was great and I loved it. You rotate it, taking turns refing, which I had been playing hockey for f- almost forty years at that point. Never refed. 
the first time I refed, I realized how little I know about hockey. And I instantly, by the end of that game, felt so bad for every ref. I screamed, get the fuck out of the way when I'm trying to come out of the corner and I'm trying to do a move. It's like I'm trying to inside out like, you know, a four checker and, and use, you know, whatever. As a ref, like you drop the puck in the faceoff circle and, and I, I'm a good faceoff guy. As a ref, where the fuck do you go? And so I'm hosting for the first time, and how hard can it be? <laughs> Turns out it's very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you heard the term herding kittens. Now add meth to the Oh, mix. my God. So this this mic is great. It's one of my favorites. It's at Coffee and Cotton inside mill number five. The kid who runs it, his name is Sean. He's an absolute rock star. He's a sweetheart of a kid. He's last year he got into this he started hosting he started running this mic um this kid ramsey who is a hilarious guy a, he's a great host he's a great host hilarious guy and easy on the eye <laughs> like yeah you check out uh, i think it's fool's gold with a z on instagram yeah so and, and i made that joke it's like you might not be able to tell this isn't ramsey <laughs> you know uh, and so but but it was also drama because the mic started to get really popular. It's from seven to nine. They won't extend the time, so you got to cap it. So, you know, you, you know, five minutes, a minute between you getting off the stage, the next person coming up, the host doing his bit. You can only get 23, 24 people. So a couple and it's only once a month. So a couple months ago, something like 30 people tried to get onto this mic. And it caused a huge kerfuffle because people drive in from Worcester, drive in from Boston, come down from Manchester. And so the next month, a few, not many people knew this, but they decided, okay, we'll have everybody contact the host and, 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 the, and the promoter to get their name on online. Well, 20 people showed up not knowing that you know, the local people who knew Sean knew, oh, I'm going to reach out to Sean. The other people didn't. So then it became a kerfuffle because uh, too many people showed up not being able to get on the list because, again, it was already filled. They get there at 6 o'clock. list goes out at 630, and they find out when the list shows up at 630, it's already full. Mm -hmm. So people were pissed. Uh, so they were trying to find a happy medium. The other problem, if you tell somebody the mic is 7 to – nine i'm gonna put you on at 725 more than two-thirds of those people oh i'm gonna walk in at 723 i'm gonna go up at 725 and then i'm going to hand the mic back to the host and head to manchester to do the strange brew mic which absolutely killed the vibe in the room so usually one of the good things about this mic is you have civilians, you have non-comedians. It's a popular coffee shop. It's in mill number five, which on a Thursday sometimes is pretty lively. And that's like the attraction to it. But it's also nice that other comedians and there's a lot of casual people who do one mic a month and this is it. And they're all dialed in. They're there for the first person, last person. But when you start to get the majority of the people coming in, just when they're supposed to go up. So I was running it this time and I, I unilaterally made a decision, which pissed a lot of people off that. No, you can't sign up early. You have to be here. 
um, some people showed up early and there was about 10 people at six o'clock waiting to sign up. And at 620, I, I reserved, you know, I'm like, okay, well, these people and these people, you know, are here and I know they drove an hour. So I let a couple people sign up who I know were sitting there for almost an hour who drove over an hour. So by the time some of the people who usually get to bully their way into getting the way they want showed up, looked at the list and they're like, I'm not going on 15th. And left but they didn't leave they went over and they bullied sean <laughs> and picking on this poor kid and then would try to bully me and not easily bullied and then the guy who runs it i'm like look here's what we're gonna do we're gonna go four minutes each and they're like oh people aren't gonna like that and i called up on instagram the notice it went out on instagram for strange bruce mike this week that the five-minute sets are going to be three-minute sets, five-minute sets if you buy something. I said, so these same people who drove here are going to drive there, and they'll have to buy something to get the five minutes or three minutes. So we're not making them buy anything. So four minutes is fine. Plus, if you go four minutes, you can squeeze six or seven more comics in. It ended up we got 29 comics up. So 29 people left there really, really happy. And even the guy who ran it was happy. He was happy with some aspects of it. I'm really, really, really happy because there's three or four people who drove here, didn't know the list was full. I already drove here. I like comedy. I'm going to hang out. And then as we got to it, you know, space 20, 21, those people didn't want to hang out left. So the people who hung out got to go up. Three different people, this was the first time they went up at a mic. And they were so elated. They were so thankful. Like, you know, we, you know, they, they, they reached out on Instagram and, and, and message saying they were nervous, but this made it fun and it was relaxed. I didn't do shtick in between comics. Like one of the things of hosting, I'm going to do my five minutes, but then I'm going to do a 30 second, 45 second bit between everybody coming up. I didn't do that. You know, I just, let's get everybody up here. And I would make a joke as person A was walking away and person B is walking up type thing to keep the space going, to keep the energy up, you know, but feeding off what that person said, maybe I wasn't trying to, okay, I'm going to squeeze my make a wish thing in here. I'm going to squeeze my thing in here. You know, it's like, nope, I'm just going to get as many people up here. I'm so happy that 29 people went up. I'm so happy that a few first timers, you know, crushed that. You say it, you say, it, you know, the, 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 you just entered a new world. Uh, you've just taken your first step into a larger world. I love when you say that. And uh, and yeah, so it was great. Now, there was a friend who drove all the way from Worcester, and he's like, oh, if I go 12th, I can't go back to Worcester and make this other mic. I'm like, dude, you do that mic every week. Stick around. You've never done this. These people haven't heard your stuff. He goes, oh, but my friend runs that mic. I'm going to go. I'm like, dude, okay. And then there was a half a dozen people that I know that I really like that rolled in, looked at the list, and they're like, I'm not going to go 17th, and, and, and left pissed off. Um, it's, it's funny. At one point, um, just before it started, looked over in the back of the room I, you know, for Tone there, and he looks at me, and he angrily gives me the finger, and my little guy who was with me says, who's that? And there's a few people there. And uh, I said, well, that's the guy who's going to roast me, who's going to be making fun of you. Yeah. And to which he says, B, 
because I'm a lifeguard, play instruments, or good at jujitsu? He <laughs> he's like, what's he going to make fun of? <laughs> and, and then he's like, you know, he said something like, well, at least his mom likes me. <laughs> and it was like, oh, man. Oh, the pride I felt from my son dropping a mom joke on the on the guy. But it's like, yeah, you know, and it, it is what it is. 29 people, and, and I, I was – and. A couple people, five or six people might have trouble getting back to this mic because the announcement was made and I kept a note like I would check off next to in between names when I made the announcement because people come and go. You got to work PG-13 that this is a regular establishment. We're surrounded by other businesses. You know, kids are coming and going in here. You can't work blue here. And there's so many people who it's like, I would say you can't work blue, hand on the mic, you know, so I'm fucking this guy in the ass, you know, and it's like, dude. Mm. And, and then, and then here's the guy who runs a coffee shop giving Sean, the stink guy, like he can control what these people say. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm like, and, and I talked to the guy after I'm like, here's the 14 times that I mentioned to not work blue. He goes, no, no, I heard it all. I said, so don't take this out on Sean, but you know, but that wasn't him. And, uh, and I also, I, I had told the guy who runs the place, I put little check marks next to a few names. I said, watch when these people, cause the guy does the audio. I said, watch when these people get off the stage. They will be past that exit sign before I hand the next person the mic. And he's like, really? I'm like, yep. Okay. The the people I put a check mark to 100%. Like before the next comic gets to the stage, fist bumps me, takes the mic from my hand or takes it off the stand, that person is already at the elevator at the end of the hallway. You know, just, you know, I'm so good that, you're, it's worth hanging out to listen to me, but you sad fucks aren't worth my time. You That's know? it. Although, I mean, hey, they, they, they got places to go and meth to uh, right. ingest. Right. You uh, know, I keep going back to meth because I think it's low. It's low. It's low. Yeah. Well, and uh, specifically, um, some people were upset because they put coded locks on the bathroom because three people in a calendar year last year OD'd in the bathroom there because there's an unhoused uh, unhoused shelter adjacent to yep. mill number five so yeah. so uh so yeah so there's a meth plenty and, and the meth store on the second floor does not help it does not you know and which is weird because the second floor is a elementary charter school <laughs> but hey hey those they, it's only books. being used half the day <laughs> right right you know i mean look the book drives only bringing so much money. It's like uh, Adult Swim and Cartoon Network. You thank know, you got you. the kids shows in the morning and then <laughs> a little something for the grown-ups at night. Um but uh but yeah, so that's um Well, so that, that sounded like fun and that was a fun podcast. So I want to thank everyone for listening. <laughs> it was uh you know, uh yeah, let's move on. But speaking of podcast, uh uh so Jim McHugh, friend of the show, uh I officially not officially yet. We've had a few very long um, 
conversations I about thought these were projects you're not allowed to speak of yet because no 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 well okay. I'll, I'll be working with jimmy q on a project um i really got a great laugh because he was talking i was having one conversation with him the other day and i'm like hey are you driving in the car with the windows open he goes no i'm at you know i'm actually at the beach right now i'm like oh right i saw that in your profile likes long walks at the beach okay great and the timing thing he thought it was funny but uh but yeah so lots of things happening um i, I had told i had talked to mike Katrobus a couple days before i hosted and we talked about hosting and he who runs a comedy workshops is going to run a hosting clinic at the end of next month and before i did a horrible job hosting i had told them hey i i i've been to some shows recently where I, you know i wasn't outing anybody but i told them you know yeah i went to this one we were talking about mike donovan's book talking about he used to get great introductions now he doesn't get great introductions the hosts don't really spend time they're worried about getting their material out and by the way here's a headline comic you know mm. and, and the hosting is is the lost art of hosting and uh there's not a lot of weak martindales out there is what i'm saying there's not a lot no. of people aspiring to be wink martindale everybody right. wants MC to types or people who yeah are used to having to corral a, a variety show if you will yeah everything's me 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 my stuff i'm the most important person yada 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 you know and even even the good host of talk shows i mean like we we, we talked about it before where johnny carson was so loved because, you know, somebody would come on and, and, and he had said, he quoted this. I remember Johnny Carson quoting this from Jack Benny. Somebody would come on the Jack Benny show and just fucking kill and would be on a roll and Johnny would get out of the way. Jack Benny would just get out of the fucking way. Sid Caesar would get out of the way. This person's hot. They're on a roll. Let them go. Johnny Carson's coming back the next night. <laughs> you know what I mean? He knew. Yeah, I'm, now you know this guy's right. I don't have to be the funny one all the time. You know, I and and anyway, so I talked to Mike that the last time I saw Steve Bjork's show, the host was okay, and I, I was I was I wasn't putting anybody down. I was saying the host was okay. The first guy was pretty good. The second guy kind of took some of the air out of the room. Steve came up, took the mic, three, two, boom body started dropping it took him three four seconds to turn a flat room around and you could just start getting the chalk outlines in the police tape because he was killing people and i said to mike in our conversation um that yeah the host is like oh this is a big headliner you can see him in vegas he does cruises we just had steve on our show and which he was saying yeah you know when i became the single dad full-time custody of four kids I can, so the host obviously didn't spend more than he two stopped seconds doing cruises. Yes. Yeah, right. You know, don't go to Vegas. You, the host could have said, you follow him on Instagram. He is headlining somewhere every Thursday, Friday, Saturday in New England. You could have 100% that, you know, right. but it's like the either undersell or oversell. You can hear him on the, you can see him on the Bob Costas show. <laughs> What? Uh, yeah, coming up on later with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, evening at the Improv on A and E. So uh, Showtime at the Apollo, regular. <laughs> you know? And so, so w when I was saying that to Mike, that's when Mike's like, "Yeah, I'm going to be hosting. I'm going to have a hosting workshop because club owners have said, look, we see all these great comics.'" 
that come through your farm system and and you know mike runs a class you know it's several weeks you do a showcase at the end of it and if mike likes you he also books people guess who's going to start opening shows here and there and so the club owners know he has a really great reputation of finding talent nurturing talent and giving them a start and, and club owners have said to him can you help us with host <laughs> is there is there anything you can do because like when you and i went to nick I mean that you know Nick's comedy stop. Nick's yeah. comedy stop with All Star Tommy. That you know the host was not good, um, and so I told Mike, "Yeah, I'm 100. I'm not getting back. You know, to the middle of April, August. Please have it after that." And he goes, "Yep, I will. I'll have it at the end of August." And then I talked to a couple host friends of mine at different mics that I really like, who are good hosts. And I'm like, "Dude, it might be a few hundred bucks, and you're doing great hosting these open mics, but." Go to his class. I'll go with you. You know, we're carpool. Um, and then two, three days later, after that conversation, I did get to host. And I did realize, yep, I'm going to take that class and any any extra classes. <laughs> like if there's homework and, you know, extracurricular stuff I can do after. Because I did enjoy it. Um, but but it is. It's a different muscle group altogether. So, uh, so yeah. So, that, so that's it. So, so um I'll keep everybody posted about Jim McHugh. Are you going to – will Will you be at the Rose Battle tomorrow? I don't know because it's it starts late, and yeah. I got I do have to get up uh, for work the next day, and it's up in Lowell, and I don't live close to Lowell. It's like a 45-minute drive, you know. I could be uh, going on first. I could be going on last. Right, and I you don't want to be up there at midnight, you know, waiting for you to, you know, roast some fucking strung-out asshole. Or, or take um, or, or take teeth out of my knuckles. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to be there filing a police report. <laughs> hey, officer, I noticed he took his shoes off before he did the takedown. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want it on record that you know. Yeah. Um, no, you will be there in spirit. Look, you've done your part, Joe. You know, like you know what, you you, you can only you, you do so much, and then I got to fly on my own. Yeah, I mean, the, you're you're. I, I trust you. I trust that you'll uh, not bomb with my gold. You know, it's kind of like that currency is good everywhere. You know, <laughs> everybody will accept those jokes as funny. And, and your jokes are funny tomorrow. And most of what you wrote will will be funny years to come. I mean, let's put it like this. NFTs had a small window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your your jokes will be around long after NFTs and Bitcoin are, are go the way of the dodo. What what, what are you saying? <laughs> uh, I, I was just having this funny conversation with. Uh, well, I was telling Joe, my, my wife had this interesting outfit. She's going to a party and one of my son's therapists was leaving and we all ganged up on her <laughs> and, and he referenced something, something from, um, Adult Swim, where one guy realized his life savings that went to Beanie Babies were worthless, so he made a coat out of them. And then I said, um, "What? yes, Beanie Baby market has dropped, but what if you make NFTs of Beanie Babies? <laughs> and my oldest one's like, and you can only buy them with Bitcoin. <laughs> and then I came down here to do the podcast. <laughs> right. And you told us that funny, funny story. I did tell you that funny. <laughs> These are the jokes, people. These are the jokes. Um, I hope so. I'm laying them on pretty thick. Oh wait, that's the end of the story. Anyway, go ahead. You know, you know who you know who is funny, but we're not hearing from is uh, writers. 
Oh, yeah. I forgot about them. You know, I was so wrapped up in this reality programming I've been watching nonstop because that's all that's available now. I've forgotten that there was, you know, narrative programming ever. Um, so, yeah, whatever happened to those people? So it's funny. It is one of those things where when, when baseball players or football players go on strike, it is. It's, it's generally people who make millions and millions of dollars arguing with billionaires. Most writers, like when people think actors and SAG actors striking, only 2 or 3% of people in SAG make their full-time living acting. You know, and, and, and same in the NFL. Most NFL careers are less than three seasons long. And for every one quarterback, there are 14, 15 linemen who are making 300000 a year. So, you, you know, it's like, yeah, those little guys. So these, as we know, as you know, um, you know, our good friend Jimmy, who's the writer on SNL and the other two, He's 35 years old. He has not – Joe and I started working with this kid when he was a kid, eight, nine years old. He's now 35, writing on two shows. These are his first two real writing things, and he's never taken a day off. It took him 25 years to be an overnight success, you know, yeah. and now he's out of work. And so people don't understand. It's like, yeah, if you see how much a writer on a network show gets, it sounds, well, why, why do I give a shit about these people? It's like, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. And but again, a network show, by the way. Right. Mention, like, by the way, we should be looking at the streaming services as kind of like the expansion teams of entertainment. You know, because for years it was networks and writers. If you broke in, uh, there were only a certain number of slots. But if you got in, you actually got fucking a full time salary and benefits. You know, you got insurance. You got uh, you know, a 401k if you were really lucky. But now writers are just like it's like they're like uber drivers you know and they're they're being driven the way of the gig economist 100 percent. and what people don't understand is yeah i've been associated with a couple shows this is in the 90s that were getting canceled halfway through season four which meant they weren't going to hit the hundred episode you used to have to hit a hundred episode to get syndicated and the production companies like a brillstein gray would say Fuck, we're 11 episodes short of this show. We will fund 11 episodes that will not air on network TV, but we can sell to the syndication package because we have 100. And what that means is, so I don't know what the scale is now, but when I worked on Touch by an Angel, I want to say it was 22000 you got for a script for a sitcom and like twenty six for an hour drama. but. As soon as that re-aired, like late, like the summer reruns, the first time you would get half of that, like you would get, you know, half of that check. And if a show went into syndication, yeah, it's it's a it would minus by a multiple of fifty, like every time, till it capped, Mm -hmm. till it capped. But you know, there's a bar and there was a bar in Burbank called Residuals where you could get a drink for a residual check, and because and the wall is littered with four cents residual checks yeah yeah yeah. you know and it's like you could get a shot for four cents and that was the joke but if you wrote on a sitcom in the 90s or the early 2000s it went into syndication you're not buying a new porsche every year but you you had writer benefits you had but now it is it's not only is it the gig economy the the big thing that people are fighting about is 
uh, you, there's no residuals on streaming. And the streaming people, unlike the Nielsen rating, you know how many eyeballs are watching a show on terrestrial television. Netflix doesn't have to tell producers or the actors how many people are watching their show. So you're negotiating for a second season and they're like, well, we're going to bring you back, but just barely because nobody's watching you. Well, how many is nobody? You know what I mean? And there's none. So they don't have that. And then, you know what? There are 23 years of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. We're going to take 23 years of scripts and the front page of every newspaper around the country, feed it into an AI generator and guess who has... 23 more years of scripts waiting to go, you fuckers. We don't need you. Um, and so, yeah, so it's ugly. The networks and, and, the, and the companies knew it was going to be ugly, which is why they shelved and stockpiled some projects to have new content coming out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I SAG-AFTRA has just recently, as of this recording, uh, stockpiled a bunch of strike signs. They're ready to go. Good. Well, say, look, we, we, we watched Extinction 2 on Netflix. It was great. It was a fun ride. Chris Helmworth got $20 million to make that, $15 million to make that. Who fucking cares if he gets residuals? But the 16th male lead on that, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. who had to travel abroad and be away from his family for three months to have the four scene that he's in, no matter how much that is streamed from now till ever, he will never see another penny. And the other thing is that, you know, when networks, when streaming services, you know, commission these shows and yes, like you said, there are no residuals per se, because they just sort of stay on when they, when they delist them and they pull them off their services, they're not selling them to lifetime to air, you know, like those shows sit on a shelf until they like the Disney vault, you know, they yep. just kind of go away until for some strange reason they either have like a fire sale and like you know say hulu goes up in flames and they have to offload all this content onto other providers maybe that'll happen down the road but for now shows just disappear or you know? yeah they they bring them back when again the 16th female lead of extraction two and nine years all of a sudden is in an oscar-winning movie right oh by the way we knew the, we knew her way back when and, and guess what's on the you know the the boot up page of you know and it's funny because I, look I, i'm gonna give a little i'm gonna give a little credit to hbo max for not With shelving i don't even know what you're talking max. about i'm sorry i'm sorry now for you're for, speaking english okay, for max <laughs> when barry basically outs them <laughs> you know when his girlfriend's show like you know uh, uh premiered and Everybody watched it and the critics loved it, but the algorithm said she eight accepted, hours later. Didn't she accept an award for that show? Was that later? No, or? no. It was it was she was getting some huge award at some critics banquet and the numbers were huge and they everybody won. loved it. And twelve hours later they they didn't they didn't take it off the front page, they canceled it. Yeah, because the algorithm found it to be uh, unworthy. And, uh, and the fact that, yeah, and that happens all the time. So anyways, um, so here's the thing about, about our friend Jimmy. He's never, he's never been deterred. He's never stopped moving forward. You know, whether he was doing, from the, from the day he came and did our crappy little show, the, our crappy little show um, to, to my band's music video to SNL, 
Yeah, he went to SNL three times as an actor, got turned, you know, didn't pass. He, he, you know, oh man, this sucks. I'm going to be really sad for a day. Well, here's this new play I'm writing that I'm going to produce in LA that ends up going to San Francisco that ends up doing a, a run in New York for like, you know, a, a, a few months. And uh, I just, he got hired on Tubi. Yeah. He was he was right. It's one of my funniest stories from him. He was writing in Tubi. His boyfriend texts him saying, sorry, you know, sorry, you're out of a job. He's like, what? And he and his boyfriend had sent him a link. <laughs> Tubi had just had canceled. No, he, no, 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 no. Quibi. Quibi, Quibi, Quibi. I'm sorry. Tubi He's, actually still exists. So, I was so, like, oh, Jimmy's writing for Tubi? Really? So he was on Quibi. And he's writing on this show, and it was funny. It was this. Uh, it was a show. It was a show on Quibi. Does, does it doesn't right. matter if I describe it. No, you're gonna go look it up. No, it's, it doesn't matter. I, I think Canada is now getting Quibi, so <laughs> maybe there's still a show. Yeah, I heard wake up little Susie's on the chart. Um, so the head, the head, you know, the producer of the show sees him at the writers' table, like eight other people. It's like. You know, Jimmy, put your phone down. We're working. He goes, no, we're not. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? He goes, yep, we're at a job. And the guy's like, yeah, very funny, Jimmy. And then Jimmy says it was like something out of a movie where everybody's phone starts pinging. <laughs> and their friends or agents start like pinging them. They all look at their phone. They all look over at Jimmy like, yep, we're out of a job. Oof. He went home and wrote another play. Yeah. You know, he, he did a Patreon thing. And he had these hilarious skits, you know. Uh, I, you know, I, I had a great conversation with him the other day because um, I'm a year behind on the Goldbergs, and I saw an episode, and he was in playing this flamboyant hairdresser. And I call, and, and we talked about it. And I called my sister first. I'm like, "Did you see the Goldbergs?" No, I sent her the link to the episode, and she called because, "Oh my god, that character he did on the Goldbergs, he used to do with us." Because my sister and I have long hair, and he would do our hair like a flamboyant hairdresser, snapping out some C's, like all the all the gossip. Oh my friend, girlfriend, did you hear about it? And I'm like, dude, it took you 28 years to get that character on network. It was TV. the part he was born to play. <laughs> literally so yeah it sucks it sucks that he was writing on two shows um the other two is all over now like you it, it well for the last week it's been the boot up thing on max you know the first thing that you know when max came up because they bought it off comedy central or they bought the streaming rights whatever um yeah no so it's great and but he, he he's he's doing the picket line he's doing all this stuff but him and his writing partner have just put on a, another uh, improv show that they are now touring with. They came, they, they start in LA. It went to New York. It came to Boston. They're back in LA. They're coming to Boston. No, they're going to be in New York. So my first show in LA is the 29th. He will miss the first show, but it'll be at the second one because he doesn't stop. You know what I mean? It's like, he's going to act, he's going to, you know, do his own thing. He can't write on shows and he wouldn't write on shows, but he can go out and perform. So well, let's hope and pray that he doesn't hit rock bottom and start a podcast. Okay. All right. So let's, you know, this has been gone long. Do you, do you want to talk about threads at all? Do you, have you joined threads? No. I, I mean, this is sort of like, I don't know that this fervor of people on Twitter just clamoring to like, like rats leaving the Titanic. They're just like anything to climb up, like any floating piece of balsa wood that floats by the yes i'm gonna uh, blue sky send me an invitation because it's invite only <laughs> i'm gonna you know and i i don't care about remember mastodon i think that still exists now threads threads is obviously the most 
prominent and probably will be the most successful competitor depending uh, pending litigation but yeah, it, um it, what I, the thing about threads though just a little fair warning you know it's owned by meta it's started by mark zuckerberg also another billionaire uh, right. also you know regardless he's the lead the less evil question mark of is the it, two I, dude it's like when Ron DeSantis is fighting with disney now i love going to disney i wish i didn't i wish i knew how to quit you but it's like Disney is one of the evilest motherfucking companies since day one. Walt Disney was a creative genius slash absolute horrible human being piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And it's so tough when it's like, you know, fuck Ron DeSantis. I'm team Disney. Wait, you're firing 7,000 workers even though you have record profits, Disney? What the fuck? So the thing about threads is that, yeah, it's a carbon copy essentially of Twitter. Um, and the other thing is that it's tied to your Instagram account if you already have an Instagram account. Now, the thing about this is, say you want to quit threads, fine. You also have to quit Instagram because if you delete your threads account that's tied to your Instagram account, your Instagram account is also closed. Something that would have been useful to me yesterday! <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm not jumping on through. A, I'm not a social person. I'm not even a social media person much anymore. I rarely tweet. Sometimes I'll reply back to one or two people. And then like 24 hours later, I'll delete the tweet because I yeah. want to be invisible. And, you know, good for people who have a profile, who want to make friends and use social media for promoting their business or gigs or whatever, their brand. But uh, it's not my bag, baby. So, uh, yeah, I am going to stick right now with the hellscape that I know and not spread myself too thin among all these other groups. I'm going to I'm going to ride it out, you know, let them work out the bugs. I'm not I don't want to, you know, get a lot of things on day one, especially when it comes to uh, something that could be um, used to mine my information. So, no, no, thank no. You. It's it's like when people are like, oh, man, yeah, you know, I, I want to have sex with the virgins. No, you don't. No, no. You want all the bugs out of that system. Yeah. You know, you yes. want a pro. Trust right. me, you know. Yes. Oh, you know, I got this new operating system day one, you know. Right. Uh, no, don't do that. But it is. It's, it's like I just wish Zuckerberg and, and Elon were not, you know, gonna fight in an MMA cage or fighting over, you know, who's gonna have uh, their first rocket to the Mars or who's gonna, I wish they were fighting over who could get in a homemade sub to go through the Titanic. Mm. <laughs> That's the one fight I would have liked to see them have. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it is. So, hey, do we want to talk at all that SCOTUS is corrupt and that the GOP doesn't want to govern, they just want, there's no reason to talk about any of that. None. Uh, I mean, I think we just re we realized when Trump put up those three Supreme Court justices that, yeah, we had 40 years ahead of us of uh, going backward and uh, swimming upstream as far as progressive policies go. So, yeah. And, it, yeah, you know, what? sometimes um, you don't want to always talk about your rights being taken away. Sometimes you need a break. You know, yep. but at least at least there's no oversight. There's oversight to every other government branch except for SCOTUS. And it turns out they're all bought by billionaires proudly, proudly bought by. And in one case, looking up, I don't want to say it unless it's true. Yes. A Nazi billionaire owns a black SCOTUS judge. Oh, well, yeah. You know, I get is that 
that is that so is that checks and balances well he's a black judge yeah but it's owned by a nazi <laughs> yes. so, you know they got your balance there <laughs> i don't know is that right yeah yeah so that that's all that's all good and then you got like you know seriously the gop does not want to govern Look, I miss the days when I hated the GOP because I hated the policy. <laughs> you know, now I hate the fact that they truly do not want to govern. You know that it's like, okay, well, we want to. Well, the burn whole point of the GOP is to privatize everything and profit off of the common person. That's all. Is to make rich people richer. This is a the world is a playground for the ultra rich and fuck everyone else. Yeah. The sooner you realize that, the sooner you can get back to enjoying the fine Disney products on Disney Plus. <laughs> Sponsored by Disney Plus. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think one of the old uh, Max things should be a defunct sponsor of the week. You know, yeah, right? We, HBO yeah. Max. Yeah, maybe HBO Go can be the first defunct sponsor. And then uh, so, so let's see what else. Uh, you know, I'll just touch on this. So, uh, my little guy has his first job. Uh, not so little. He's a lifeguard, and his this last week was their first official week of the pool being opened. He had to do 50 hours of training in February to get approved for the job. Then they did another 50 hours uh, a couple weeks ago, and then they didn't have enough recruits, so they got in some more people. So he helped out with the next wave. So he did about 150 hours of training to get this job. The pool opens. It's in a very rough neighborhood of Lowell, um, it, which is which good. Like, literally, it's like this is the real world, you know, and – and you know i'm not he's not like the only person there so it's not like but the first and day he's trained in the martial arts right Where better <laughs> to live and and he's not a small kid you know he you know five eight like all shoulders 180 so but he's a sweetheart so we're parking waiting for the guy to get there to open it and I, on one side of this you know with the pool house it's a big little it's not a big complex but it is what it is and there's like six or seven people who there's a there's a I don't know. The, I don't know the correct term to call it, but it's low-income housing. Lots of them together, four stories high, in a confined area. Yeah. I don't know what the correct thing. And I, you know, they they have. You can't do drugs in this building, so they all go over there and smoke pot. You know, so like, and then a car in front of us had two women who. I'm not sure if the car was home, but they changed for maybe their work outfits because it was. Uh, I don't think they work a nine to five. <laughs> oh yes, they do. But nine PM to five AM. And and they're changing. And I'm not being funny that, you know, and then this guy who, you know, th th it's adjacent to a big park where they have a lot of unhoused people, like, you know, camp. Some person came over on the other side of the building, kind of by the fence where he's gonna have to walk in, you know, sat down, took off his backpack started smoking crack you know? oh. and uh and i'm like we're gonna wait here until everybody else shows up and uh, i'm gonna pull the car right over there for a half hour just make sure everything's okay so it's okay he likes it he loves it the sense of he just feels so good about himself because you know he didn't apply for this job and get it he had to physically work his ass off he feels bad because he, he became friends with a couple people going through the training who couldn't cut it because, you know, you have to swim, you know, I, I think it's like 500 meters in eight minutes or something like that. And the closest this one kid could get is 10 minutes. And then you have to do this thing where you have to pick somebody up out of the water and get them from the pool with no steps out onto the uh, 
I can go 500 meters in the water much faster than eight minutes. Only it's straight down. So it's just <laughs> and a homemade sub. <laughs> no, no, I can just just all by my lonesome. Actually, Actually that's my that's my retirement plan. It, it's hard. It's harder than you think. Yeah. Because your body, it's like when people come over to use our pool. A lot of my little guys' friends have never swam, and when we teach them to swim, we're like, and I always make the same joke. You know how they always find dead bodies in the Merrimack, which they do. They they float like like you're you're you have to work to not float. Uh, but he's at this pool. There's two town pools. He is at this pool because he has a 13 foot deep end. The other one only has an eight foot deep end because he can swim to the bottom pretty easy. But not a lot of other or the lifeguards could do that. So so anyways, he felt bad that this one kid that he really liked physically couldn't lift somebody up out of the pool to save a life you know like and that's part of the job it's not like it doesn't matter who your dad is job yeah that's no doesn't matter who your dad is doesn't matter how hard you work you know it's like one of the reasons i didn't make the bruins (laughs) i really wanted to you know but uh physically everything but my date of birth (laughs) um so here's what's funny uh had a racial slur thrown at him which was awesome by a co-worker so it's at the end of the day He's taking care of responsibility A and B and, you know, one one of the other six people were supposed to be doing something. And he's like, hey, can you grab that? Don't tell me what to do. I was born here and you weren't, which that's not a racial slur. It's hilarious is what it is. Uh, For the record, (laughs) Uh uh, he was born here. Uh, His mom was born here. One of four grandparents wasn't. And for some reason, he doesn't at all look. I mean, if you didn't know he was Court of Korean in a million years, would you at all say, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, his hair does not uh, lend itself to Asian. Right. David Lee Roth, 1984? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know the the piercing Sammy blue Hagar eyes. Even no. Yeah. No, you you don't say say no. No. You, I, I, <laughs> oh my God! It's like Voldemort. The, oh no! The, I said the, Sammy Hagar. The judges will accept David Lee Roth, nineteen eighty three, or Robert Plant, nineteen seventy six. Oh, those, right. those are the two. Don't right. fuck come in here with your Sammy Van Hagar bullshit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so and 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 the kid instantly upon everybody gasping because it's lol you know uh he my my you know that kid is pure white and my son presents is pure white but a lot of the other lifeguards aren't a lot of the lifeguards weren't born here (laughs) you know their parents weren't born here and and then i had to work on my little guy because that guy gets written up in a one-day suspension not because my, my son ratted him out because the supervisor and the other people heard it you know what I mean? Are you sure that he did, the kid didn't mean he wasn't born in Lowell? Yeah, like no, here, you know here? what? Why Why are we so quick to judge? Yeah. Well, you maybe know? he meant in the pool. Like, maybe he meant, like, <laughs> I was born here, motherfucker. <laughs> my, mother um, gave, my mother gave birth to me in a pool. So then the next day, a couple older high school kids, um, you know, they're sitting by the side of the pool with their backpacks and all this, and you can't. And he he went over three times and said, hey, you got to put those in the family locker or, or over in the grass. And, you know, the kids told him to fuck off. And the girl said, I'm going to kick your ass, which is, you know, always, always a class way to go. And again, the supervisors maybe, who's an older guy, maybe 20 yards away, hears this, and then they get thrown out. And then it, it's like, you know, I'm like, 
he comes home and he tells me this stuff and I'm like, good, good. The, the, the fact that you're dealing with this now is a really, this is how it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know? it, it, honestly, like the best real world training is either a lifeguard in Lowell or a greeter at Walmart. You know, right. you can, one of the two, you're going to be dealing with the public and clashing heads with some sort of near do well, somebody that's going to rub you the wrong way. Somebody that's going to disagree with your politics or race. Yeah. Even. <laughs> Which for him to be racially profiled, this is it's just, it's, it's like it, the David it's Dave Chappelle thing. It's like I was in Boston and a, I saw an Irish guy beating up an Italian, and I thought, <laughs> man, these people are specific. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The first time he did stand up in New York, and, and it's great because his first racially profiling, you know, experience is on tape. So I do a set, and I, and and I did the bit about you know my wife's, you know, like my Hyundai you know, uh, Elantra being made in Korea, mom from Korea, the language barrier coming over, all that stuff. So when he goes up and now the host knows that his grandma's Korean, he goes, oh, I couldn't tell you Asian at all, you know, but now that I'm looking, you got those, you know, squinty eyes. And it's like, wait yeah. a second. I wait at the fucking host in New York told us to a 15 year old kid. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. An 18 year old kid. <laughs> it was a bar. Yeah. To be I'm sorry. A 21 year old kid. <laughs> What a cunt. Right. I'm sorry. That's a, and, 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 and it's like, and you know, Pardon my language, but and, 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 and you know what? He got the mic. He did his set. He came back. And the first thing he says, is like squinty eyes. Nice. You know, and it's like, and it's like, yeah, you know, and, and then it, but Gastrom, he's like, so would it have been okay if I made like a black joke? Cause the host was black. I said, no, it wouldn't be okay, no. <laughs> you know, and he was joking saying that it's like, oh, okay, you know, it's like, but it's like, so this is the second time in a few months, the most cracker gene, you know, 100% clone of me. I, I mean, it, it looks, if you would, you would guess that in his lunchbox, there'd be nothing but mayonnaise sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> with zero spices, just yeah. straight, straight up mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is the spice, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and. And just for giggles and shits, what kind of bread do you think it would be on? <laughs> Mayonnaise bread. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was going to go with Wonder Bread that I think is 70% mayonnaise. If I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not correct. Don't put and, it out in the sun for much longer than five minutes. <laughs> and then, yeah, by the time you get from the trailer park to the pool, it's already going to spoil, baby. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, yesterday... And I didn't even tell you this off air. Off air. Shut up. Twenty year old girl tried to give him his number, her number. Okay. You know, which yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, and also and, yeah, illegal. Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, actually, no. The number exchange is not illegal. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. No. Maybe his hair is majestic, and maybe she wants to know what kind of conditioner. And it's like, can they follow up on that? Absolutely. Completely harmless. Absolutely. You know? But but it's funny because to you and me. He looks 15. He looks 16. He, You know what I mean? Well, because we know his we age. We know him. <laughs> but last year, I had that party in L.A. Um, and a bunch of hockey friends, a bunch of industry friends. I hear a joke being told out of the corner of my ear. I turn, and it's Sally holding court, telling an awesome joke I've heard. I don't interrupt her. I let her tell it. And I'm like, you know he's 14, right? And she laughs. And she's like, no, he's not. I'm like, he's 14. 
what's it like having a son that's jailbait? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, honestly, like this is a weird new territory you have to sort of traverse. And and, and he's laughing and, and he goes, I'm his son. And she's like, oh, yeah, so you've heard worse. And it's like, yeah. But really, Sally thought he was like 1920 last year because I forget. I mean, he is. He's he's he's. You know, he's built and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, other oh, people. Oh, yeah, we see can't him. assume genders anymore, but age yeah. is no problem. Yeah, <laughs> just assuming ages, man. You know, you assume everybody. That's the thing. Also, by the way, that's what everybody does on social media. Like, we assume all these dickheads and racists and weirdos right. are like a grown adults that should know better. No, <laughs> a lot of these people are kids. And, and I've got, uh, like, I'm on Twitter. So, guest coming up, Dante the comic, hilarious comic. He runs a free master's class on Twitter and Instagram. He, he a couple times a week posts tips that are really great tips, whether you're starting out or you're halfway up the ladder type things. I mean, it's great. But then he posts his social justice stuff, and, and we'll talk about that when he's on. Um, I follow you, and you never post. I follow Biff, and it's all, you know, baby metal, <laughs> you know, guitar hero Japanese stuff or hockey stuff. And then I follow, you know, Professor Cook. Um, and each time I'm like, I feel like I'm auditing one of his civics classes and it's great. I see. And then, and then the other podcast I love complaints and observation. I see if any of those guys post and complaints, it's all sports stuff. And I don't respond if it's a Celtics or a Red Sox, but he's a huge, you know, premier league soccer guy. So I, and now that I know that and I'm a little guy falls in. So once a day, I'll go over to Twitter. I'll scroll past most of the noise. I like the things that, you know, that Dante posts or that they post. And and the rest of the time, if I'm on Instagram, it's comedy clips. Um, it's European soccer clips. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's uh, it's the other comics that I follow and stuff like that. And it's not toxic. And I don't feel like I have to, you know, get in the shower with a Brillo pad and wash off seeing Marjorie Taylor Greene tweets. You know what I mean? I just scroll past all of that. So there you go. That's it. Uh, Joe, you watching anything? Uh, what am I watching? I'm watching the righteous gemstones. Uh, oh, fuck. I didn't, I didn't see the last episode. So don't, I don't talk about that. Oh, yet. I can't believe they killed him off. Oh man. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> All of them. No, no, just, uh, j just the one who's kind of douchey. Oh no. <laughs> All of them. Um, it's great though, right? Yeah, it's, it's fucking it. great. It's the best. Uh, it's so good. I listened to Adam Devine on. Um, you want you want a mind fuck? Listen to Adam Devine on Andy Richter's podcast, and I defy you, defy you, in the first one minute to distinguish which one is which, because they both have a very similar sounding voice. Oh, really? Yeah, really, really, dude. That's great. Uh, I'm not going to say this as well. I, why do I have a feeling this is going to be a character for you? Maybe Billy Bible Bumpers. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Baby Billy Bible Bumpers. Uh, ba baby Billy Bible uh, Bonkers. Bonkers. See, I knew I was going to. Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers, yeah. How great was it because he gets his inspiration from an old episode of Richard Dawson's Family Feud being shown on the TV. And I was like, yes, you know, Buzzer is getting the same, you know, attention that I give it every day on a major you know, comedy show. So, uh, and, but also I found it sad and pathetic that the stay at home pregnant wife is, uh, watching the same thing I am when, <laughs> you know, she's like, she's at home with her kid watching reruns of seventies family feud. And I'm like, 
hey, I'm doing the same thing. And just just stop it. Stop it, Joe. No, you're watching. Dude, Dude. you're watching that on one TV while the other screen you're playing Zelda. So she's, you know, you, 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 I mean, come on. I'm leaps and bounds ahead of her. You're right. Uh, But also that guy, Walton Goggins, who plays baby Billy, uh, Uncle Baby Billy is just, he's so great. Um, Check out Vice Principals, another Danny McBride show. Oh, okay. All right. Because Walton Goggins and Danny McBride are like, um, they're competing vice principals. I think they're like, they're two vice principals in the school. And they're, you know, like they're rivals. Okay. I, I, I never heard the show. I see it come up after. It's like, you might also like this. I'll give that Check a watch. Vice Principals. That was Thank a good you. show. And of course he's bounding down. But um, uh, what else? Uh, I, I am also watching. Do you know what Eastbound and Down was based on? It's well, the song is uh, Eastbound and Down. No, but that character. Oh, the, oh Danny, uh, 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 Kenny Powell or Kenny Powers. There was an, there was a baseball pitcher. John Rocker. Was that him? Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy it, who made the slur on the subway. Yeah. No, well, yeah, the, he said you can you can take the subway in New York four stops and hear every language but English. Right, the eight train. Yeah, I remember when Will Ferrell went on Weekend Update after that story broke as John Rocker, and he's just like devolving into screaming, and he goes one line. I remember he goes, "I sign my name with an X." You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, but oh. yeah, that was so John Rocker. Uh, but but, but Danny Danny McBride is a genius. A genius, yeah, underrated. He, like, and he directs or, most of those episodes when, on Red Jumpstones. Right when people talk about like you know it, it's Ryan Reynolds, it, you go down. It, it's it, Danny McBride might get an honorable mention in the top ten. That motherfucker hasn't not had a show or a movie, killing it. Yeah. In the last 25 years? Like, what's so long as he's gone without having something amazing? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it, amazing. It's, it's been a while, right? I mean, I even mean, like... Yeah, we've yeah, never yeah, watched Step Brothers together, which I don't understand how we haven't. Yeah, I know. You know what? I've only seen it once. Dude. There's a lot of things I haven't... I haven't seen... You used to mention the Bourne Identity um, trilogy. Yeah. Or I, I have not seen a single frame of any born movie. So, ever. so you're, so you're, so, so yeah, yeah, that is that. That's a great call out. Like, right, just gemstones. I got the heads on that as season two was starting last year, and as I'm starting to watch season two, I watched season one. I'm like, how? <laughs> you know, how did this? How did I not? You know? Yeah, right. This because it's too much TV. That's why. You know what? I like that some of these streaming networks are starting to pare back on programming. There's way too many choices out there. I like the simple, you know, five networks. Give me a max five networks maximum. I'll take I'll take three networks: PBS and let's see, fifty six, thirty eight, and twenty five. And, and the Spice Channel. Spice. Shout out to the Spice Channel. You know, um, uh, one other thing I am watching, by the way, I just want yeah. to mention real quick. Uh, that I fell asleep to last night was that thing that I forwarded to you on YouTube that I saw. Oh, my fucking God. The NBC 60th anniversary celebration from 1986, meaning that in three years, it'll be the 100th anniversary of NBC. But anyway, yeah, it was a... uh, it was a three-hour special that aired on NBC back in 86. It was hosted... It was a three-hour what? Special. Extravaganza. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> it was an extravaganza. Um, but the clip that I forwarded to Jacques, I made him skip the opening musical number with Keisha Knight Pullum and um, Malcolm Jamal Warner. And then I went right to the 
four minute and 30 second long introduction of the cavalcade of stars being introduced one by one, entering the stage from opposite wings in alphabetical order. And it was basically everybody who had been on NBC minus David Letterman up to that point. <laughs> um, and it was, uh, it, it was, uh, I mean, who, who do you remember most being surprised to see like, uh, oh my God, they were yeah, alive yeah. in 86. Yeah. Be, well, because it's like, wait, no one loves Sid Caesar more than me. Mm. Uh, Sid Caesar loves Sid Caesar more than me. Red Skelton. It's like, we're alive. Red Button. Red so Button. You know, Red Button. Um, and, and then Milton Berle, Uncle, you know, Uncle they, they, they had, they had, oh, okay, here's a star, this per star, star, star. That was like a B-list character on this show, but they brought anybody who, who could afford a rented tux <laughs> and drive themselves over. But do, so first of all, you, you suggested I skip to the eight minute mark, which I did not. <laughs> you saw the opening number. I didn't know. It was awful. Some. Oh. Just, just remember when you could dance on a network show and not be good. <laughs> not quite the gayest uh, number in that, um, in that sequence. By the way, if you go further on, there's a um, send in the clowns number oh. in a uh, with uh, Bob Hope and Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox is being the coolest Michael J. Fox. By the way, he's Alex B. Keaton. He comes out hands in pockets, standing next to uh, Bob Hope, sitting on a stool, oh. singing uh, "Send in the Clowns." But then also being supplemented by, um, you know, uh, 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 questionably dressed uh, circus performers. Um, I, it's an odd number. It's it, well, it's not quite I'm, the gayest thing. But I'm watching. I'm watching the dance number. It's blowing this guy while watching the dance number. Yes. I'm thinking, me blowing this guy isn't the gayest thing happening in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? As as was once described on riff tracks, uh, this looked like Elton John's wet dream. Like it was like... <laughs> the real ladies' man. <laughs> like, right. Like... I mean, oh my God! There was a segment that you probably haven't seen where they go to like the Jack Parr show or different clips of like the versions of the Tonight Show. They started with Steve Allen, who didn't steal the bit, and was followed up by Jack Parr. But then the guests on the Jack Parr show were included a segment with. Uh, Liberace and Muhammad Ali. I said that's such a famous clip, right? Such a famous, famous, famous clip. And he's telling them to move out of the way. Liberace's at positioning Muhammad Ali with his shoulder to move out of the way because he's blocking the shot of his candelabra. Because... <laughs> a real ladies' man, ladies loved him. I mean, women loved him. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, uh, oh man, you know, it's funny because this just made. It, uh, I'm sidetracking a little bit, but the whole up in arms drag thing and war on, like you know, uh, is Johnny Cash? What percentage of mega wearing tough guys would have Johnny Cash in their top five heroes of all time? Right, right. Was it was it Elton John as a musical guest and Johnny Cash is hosting Saturday Night Live and they came out dressed as each other? Oh wow! It's it's a great clip. Yeah. It's like okay, so here's your hero, right? Totally cool, you know, hanging out with this guy forty years ago. But you know what? Go ahead and be homophobic, you dumb shits. Anyway, no, it was great. I watched it and like I said to Joe, I texted you right away. It's like. I'm going to watch this on a loop for an hour because it's like, yeah, it's like, holy shit, holy shit. Wow, they're alive. Wow. Well, 
they're walking, but I'm not sure if they're weakening and burdening that dude or is he alive? Yeah, or... uh, George Goble, they, they just oh. brought out on a stool. And, but, like, yeah. and, then, and then you're like, holy shit, Tom Broker just looked great. Yeah, that was peak peak Brokaw. Peak Brokaw. I mean, good looking guys, you know, squared right. off shoulders, and you're like, "Fuck this guy!" And you're thinking, he's still killing it thirty years later at this point. Like, you know what I mean? He was, <laughs> he was big then. It's like, yeah, but no, all of those people just in it, and. I wonder how long it actually took to shoot because they were flash cutting from, you know, the, the, the editing wasn't, uh, looking at my notes, smooth. No, <laughs> no. Star wipe to <laughs> B. Arthur. Star wipe. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I think the only one they didn't get was Estelle Getty. I don't know. Oh, no, maybe she, no, I think I, I, think I did see Estelle Getty in that mix. Anyway, we can go great. on and on, but we're on a, a bit of a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look, uh. I so I watched the end of Silo. It's one of those things. It's like, it's like Lost. I'm like, oh, I hope this is a one season thing. And then as it got to the end, the the, the cliffhanger at the end, it was clear it was going to be more than one season. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch the second season. Then the reveal of the cliffhanger is like, looking at my watch. When is that second season going to be coming mm. out? Uh, I I did like it. But yeah, there's been so much shit lately. Management is working a lot. We still haven't watched Maisel. There's some like Righteous Johnstone is my show. So there's some shows I can watch, you know, you know, by myself, you know, without Netflix. And seriously, I can come home and say, honey, uh, you know, I killed it at stage in this female comic blew me in the alley i'm really sorry and she'll say but you didn't watch mazel without me right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like 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 you know like you know streaming cheating at, at our age is right. she has the divorce papers on legal zoom link like yeah. ready to go in case you actually say oops i i i accidentally started the third season in, inadvertently and then i immediately turned it off no no you know, she would she would be like wait you had sex with another woman this year. Uh, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's like, so I don't have to do it this year? Right. <laughs> so, uh, but, so I did. The, I, the other day, I, I had the time. I did. When I used to fly back and forth to Qatar a lot, either there or back, I would watch the Bourne trilogy. And, and, and the second movie picks up where the last movie went on. There's not like three years later. It's, it's, and the real the other. Boom, okay. boom, boom. And it's great. And I've I've honestly watched that trilogy eight or nine times, ten or eleven times. Um, but then, you know, I I don't know why. Because I, I, I do know why. You'll say something. My wife will say something. Somebody will say something that triggers a line from a movie. It's like, well, I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm watching it, and so I ended up watching the the Chris Nolan Christian Bale Batman trilogy this week, and then the other day I was had a bunch of stuff to do. It's like busy work, and I start playing Hawkeye because that came up in conversation. I've not rewatched that, and I'm tired. I'm falling asleep. I'm watching the end of episode four. I'm like, you know what? I'll watch the other four over the next week, and then as I go to turn it off, oh, there's only six episodes. I don't have to get up till 10 tomorrow. <laughs> so I watched the entire, you know, six episodes of, uh, of Hawkeye. And uh, I recommend all of it. The Bourne, 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 the Bourne trilogy is great. It, it, it is absolutely smart, fantastic. Love it. And, uh, uh, and, you know, as much as I hate Scientology, I, I do want to start watching the Mission Impossible movies because he never misses. Come on. He never misses. I watched 
There's a stunt in it that we've all seen the clips of. You can't not see the clips of it. There's a stunt he does in this that that motherfucker spent a year training for. And I don't mean he went to the gym with a professional bodybuilder and he hired a dietitian. I mean this motherfucker with, I'm not going to give anything away if you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's one of these things where I watched the full 20 minute making of that stunt. He took a year of his life to do a stunt that is breathtaking. That's 90 seconds on film. Oh man. And it's him and it's not green screened. And you're like, God damn it. I wish I didn't think this was the most fucking awesome thing I'd ever seen. Look, human piece of trash. Yeah. It's like him and David Miscavige are the two people that are keeping this piece of shit uh, scam going. And, uh, but but, but, you know what? He's bringing people back to the movies, but he's, but honestly, how many bad movies has he made? I don't, I mean, none. You know, I I, I mean, a cocktail might've been a hit. Risk, risky business. Taps, you know, oh, you go down the list of his early far and shit away, stuff like, far and wow. away, maybe far and away. I don't know, maybe far, I don't know. Even that was, I but guess. but you know, it's funny because they they st- people started to think that the the franchise was kind of maybe losing a little something. Let's bring in Simon Pegg. Mm. He writes them all. Yeah, you know, he right. writes and directs so, them. So it's like, okay, we give yeah. up. You got us. Here's our money. Not mine. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, you know, from from Shaun of the Dead to you know being Scotty on the Star Trek reboot, you know, Hot Fuzz, End of the World. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, wait, the Shaun of the Dead guy was brought in to save the Mission Impossible franchise writing, <laughs> you yep. know, yep. and and so yeah, so I'll I'll see that. So that's great. What's um, your uh, parenting tip this week, sir? Because we're running out of we're 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 in yeah, overtime. We, we, we're in overtime. Uh, you know what? Um, you know, I, it's important to listen to your kids, and and when they're going through stuff, and and my son comes and says he had a rough day at the job, and this racial thing happened, and this person threatened to kick his ass. Listen to them. Be empathetic. And then you gotta, you know, think about your words very carefully, which I did when I said, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, sucks. That's the real world. You're doing great though, buddy. <laughs> you know, so my parenting tip is listen, be empathetic, be that shoulder to lean on, uh, but let them know it's not going to get better. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh my God. That's the opposite of what everything about the It Gets Better campaign said. It doesn't get better. Shock's campaign is it doesn't get better. It does just doesn't. I mean, yeah. have you have you felt the temperature of the earth lately? It's not getting better. Anyway, that's all we that's all the time we have for now, kids. Thanks for listening. Hey, here's our July gift to you. We probably won't have a regular show for about a few weeks, right? I think we're just going to have side shows or nothing shows. Ooh, the Carnival Personnel Nothing Show, which is like an hour of dead hair. Um, Our highest rated show ever. Uh, Oops, all silence is what we'll call it. That's the next Carnival Personnel side show. Uh, On that note, don't forget...
just thought up an ending to that song. <laughs> that was foul. And uh, we're just taking a little quick break to make an announcement that uh, our lead singer, Dan Cray, will be performing tomorrow at The Rat. And uh, he'll be filling in a slot for a band called Mourn, which called out sick. They were sad. And uh, that is your treat, because uh, Dan will be playing at The Rat, doing his uh, acclaimed acoustic versions of uh, great songs from bands like 5-8, and I'm sure Beyond Hid, many originals, I'm sure. But uh, stop in at The Rat tomorrow. Rob, we'd like to thank Rob. You know who you are, and damn it, we love you. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, um, what song are we going to play next? Silver? No. no. <laughs> oh, 20 Minutes. This next song is called 20 Minutes, and uh, these guys are just so psyched to play it, I can't stop them from playing it. This dunk sucks. Thank you. <laughs> We'd like to thank Mikey D once again and WMFO. Is that Mikey D right there? Is that no, the other guy? Really. What's that guy's name? That's Timmy. That's thank Timmy, you. our sound thank man. Timmy. That's Uncle Timmy. Timmy's gone through a lot of thank shit. Thank Uncle Tim. He's a. He does rock operas, and I'm going to see the next one. We'd like sure. to thank Uncle Paul Sarney.